because sometimes you can have that removed. So I'll see if I can do that. But yeah, why don't you go ahead with yours? It's fine. Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We use science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you. And you too. And you too, Todd. Both of us, all of us together. I I was at Walgreens this morning and there was a blind lady in there. Oh wow. She had two guide dogs for the blind, one in each hand. Wow. And I she was in line in front of me and I I said, "Hey, what's up with the the two uh two guide dogs?" <laughs> She's like, "One is for reading." <laughs> That's a good one. I like that joke. It's classic. <laughs> it's my reading. <laughs> what a joyous way to start another episode of the Mark and Todd cast, which I think is episode 195. Ooh. So we are limping our way towards 200 finally. <laughs> I think I'm literally limping. <laughs> you're limping less Too and less. Too soon, yes. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice you're limping. Did no. you notice it? I noticed it last week, but yeah. it, it seems to be doing pretty well. We do between one and two miles of walking each evening, yeah. and that's significantly helped. Oh, uh, good. And uh, it, it's still there, and the, the there's just all the joints and fleshy stuff in your foot with all those bones and doing all the things. You have sat there lifeless yeah. for three months and uh rusting away rusting away <laughs> and uh so it's a it's a long process yeah. but it's, it's going smooth good good yeah. good to hear it well i was watching i forget what but it was one of those like how it's made type things and it was showing explained we love that show i explained. did i watched i think i texted you i forget which one i watch now um oh you said um was there one about sound? Uh, music. Music. The one oh. about music is mind-blowing. That yeah. one is totally. I was trying to explain that to somebody this week, and I was like, I should watch that again, because literally none of the facts stuck to my head. <laughs> so there's, yeah, there are 25-minute episodes on uh, Netflix. and they're, they're also on YouTube, which is where I saw oh, the nice. full episodes. They um, just uh, dozens and dozens of topics and everything from, like, how... Uh, plastic surgery works to the exclamation point a 25 minute dissertation of the history of the exclamation point that is great uh, i have not seen that one you'll you'll love that one i should look at the longer list because maybe not all of them are on netflix i think maybe only a handful so i'll have to go yeah. look it up uh but speaking or uh, not all of them are youtube but speaking of netflix which i haven't opened in ages i opened two nights ago to uh, to watch Britney versus Spears, <laughs> the free Britney documentary to see that, to come across the resume watching, which means you were watching. And then last night I was like, I need to check out this thing. Everybody's talking about squid game. And it was like resume watching. And I was <laughs> like, want to go to episode two. <laughs> yeah. So I did. I watched the first episode of, of that squid game and I, I won't say because I walked into it blind. I had heard some people just kind of re, you know, offhandedly remark, and I know it's kind of made news stories for 
it randomly becoming like the biggest thing on Netflix, but color me intrigued yeah, uh, with no. that. So I've only gone to episode one, but it it's, was, it's interesting so far. We, and so have we, we've only got, I did think, and one. this is, uh, maybe it's, I don't think it's spoilers, but there's Squid's game is in the title squid game. So at some point they are playing a game and I thought what <laughs> I thought they were just really way too strict about what you were supposed to do that would get you eliminated because like it wasn't it wasn't a stop forward momentum like red light green light it was like you have to stand completely still all over not just stop forward momentum and i thought that was a little i thought that was a little unfair on the on the referee's side but um yeah do do go check if you're it's it's a it's a korean show so it is uh in korean and subtitled Except for one guy who I suddenly realized was speaking English. But anyway, yeah, so go check that out. But back to, um, so I was watching whatever it was on on how it gets made or, or whatever. And I've always wondered, and I know there's probably a tedious answer, but it just, I'd like to think about it because you always see the factories with like the molten whatever going into a giant forge and it's like that like who created god type thing where it's like did god create forges right. because how do you make the thing that holds the other stuff that's do, too hot to how do burn? you get teflon to stick to anything <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah i don't what I, I i don't know that there is an answer to that but i was having fun i'm sure there is <laughs> fun thinking about it. somebody made the forge <laughs> originally and, and they it, must not just be like right. steel because that's right. like whatever but it, it just fascinates me it yeah it it is a, a big long process we should we should dive into that into forgery forgery we should dive into forgery <laughs> that's where the money is <laughs> Well, we were. I I don't have any other context for this except what I wrote down. Mark propaganda story. Oh, oh, um, yeah. Which so is something earlier I, this week you had said. Remind me to tell you. This. I I forget about this story more times than I remember it. And and so uh, thank you for reminding me yeah. that I don't. Uh, I wouldn't definitely not have remembered. I went to boot camp in 1989 in uh, the Navy boot camp in Orlando, Florida uh in the united states it's a uh it was like 12 12 weeks i think is basically boot camp right uh or 10 and a half whatever it was like three quarters into boot camp there was one day where they worked us really hard and then after dinner which this was very abnormal for our routine and the Navy is military is nothing but routine. They broke the routine and, and late in the evening, right before bed and we were all super exhausted. They had us march across the, the entire base to these, to this theater, like a movie theater that had a stage and on this stage, so we all get in, we all sit down and stuff, and, and it's full. It's not just us. It's all of the other companies. And so there's 200 people in the room, right? Okay. All, all sailors in boot camp. <clears throat> and an actor comes on stage as a Russian, like Soviet a Russian. Be, this was in '89, so the right. the wall hadn't come down yet. CCCP still existed, and he was 
dishing us this Russia Russian propaganda, and I was so exhausted, half the people in the room fell asleep. And maybe not half, but a, a portion <laughs> right. of the room fell asleep. And there was, and we were all just kind of in this exhausted state, receiving this messaging from this Russian guy on stage about how and he's going it- to take down America. Okay, so right. it wasn't like a a cartoonish reenactment to show how no. ridiculous it was just a straightforward no. straightforward like okay. this is Ivan and uh and he's come over to tell us the the news, you know, kind of kind of thing. And I've I haven't reached out to any other of my cohorts co- cohorts from that period of time. I I don't know anybody that I went to boot camp with specifically. Okay, but I know others who went through that same boot camp roughly the same time during the same period, and so I could bring that up. Like, hey, did you guys do this? Yeah, <laughs> and I never have. But nobody's ever spoken about it. Throughout my entire, like, after boot camp, we never talked about it again. (laughs) Like, nobody ever brought it up. It never, like, it's just this weird, I almost question the the existence of this memory. Right. Uh, But I know it was there. You need a YouTube channel like mine where somebody finally posts a video of it and they're like, oh, I've been looking for this for four (laughs) years. Totally. So was it presented, like, was it bookended with anything? Like, and here's what we all learned. Not that I recall. No, no, no. no. It wasn't like a lesson. It was very. So it wasn't like a, and when you're tired like you are now, that propaganda (laughs) seeps inside. No, 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 no. It was never presented anything other than like the Russians are going to get you. Right. Uh, And here's an example of one. And he's going to give you the insight in, you know, what's going on underneath his head. Sure. Sure. And so it it was, it was super weird. And my memory of it is very lacking yeah because of the state that i was in at the time and the number of years since then and so that's weird so i i think i'm gonna to reach out uh, we've got a submarine forum of the old submarine that i was on and so i'll reach out to those guys and I see re- what happens i'll reach out to mike on, on your behalf <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the other things I had a couple other things before I wanted to get into the news and it's something that you said a couple of weeks ago that I've been chewing on. I like to chew on little things and I think it was right after the Met Gala and I think it was either right before or right after you said, you asked me, is, is Lil little Nas X today's Madonna? Is Which it- blew my mind because <laughs> it's, it was, it's a great thing to chew on and in a lot of ways it's very true. I mean, his music career is still young so who knows if you know, right. he'll be a two-hit wonder or whatever or if he'll continue but like very much in like the, the only other the only other thing that's been closed is kind of the lady gaga i'm dressing right. different every time but with lil nas x it's like this hat this specific outfit has a specific meaning that i am telling you about like it's not just i found this on the coat rack it's like very intentional yeah, intentional is perfect, and he has a very good eye for visuals. I mean, his his videos have uh, the, 
are shockingly colorful, I will say. <laughs> that is a great way of saying it. <laughs> and so I think it's, it's an interesting analogy. And I, I don't know if I fully buy in yet because I was watching something and an ad came on uh, with uh, Lil Nas X in it. It was like a talk show type thing or whatever, but it was for, ta- uh, it was for Taco Bell. Right. And I was like, that is one of the huge differences just in culture is that brands and like, it's cool to embrace Lil Nas X because of what he stands for. Whereas with Madonna, like no one would ever touch her with a 10 foot pole. And like, she gets dropped by Pepsi, like all of that stuff. She has always been the punching bag and the, we don't take her seriously only in retrospect type. Right. Right. And it, and the, influencer economy has awakened brands to that yeah i i, I think is that's totally true because they you can see oh they do have a following like they have a are, following here's the audience that i want to address so i'm taco bell i want 13 to 23 year olds to eat my tacos yeah uh here's the the products that we're going to provide and here's the voice that's going to deliver it and, yeah and uh and so they find that person who has, you know, three and now it's posts. safe to embrace that because it's, totally. it's now finally cool to be edgy, edgy and, and outside the right. box and pushing boundaries and having a political message like that. And yeah, it edgy, was in, you know, it, I'm black and gay and you yeah. Know, yeah. And, and what's interesting is like, that would have been so much more in the eighties, uh, you know, when, when Madonna was rising and, and now the, the youth that are, the big, you know, uh, Lil Nas X supporters, like that's just table stakes. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. yeah. I love it. Very, very interesting. So yeah, I, I, I like chewing on that every now and then. And it's, <laughs> it's coming out to be fairly truthful, I think. So it's been interesting. <laughs> uh, the last thing before we get into um, some news here is that, when was it? It was two weeks ago. Um, I drove down to Eugene, Oregon, which I'd never been down before. So I took after we recorded, I took a little Sunday drive down there to be on these people's pod, these these boys, boys's podcast called You Shouldn't Be Here. They reached out to Dr. R.I.P. to have them on. And nice. They seemed like great kids. And so I <laughs> drove down there and it was so new. To, it was three friends. And originally I thought that they maybe had a like a theater background, like they were all in drama club together or they took an improv class cause they were like when I'm sure anyone who's listened to more than, you know, several podcasts that the, Hey, we're a group of friends and we just sit around and talk is like often just painful cause it's just nothing right. but over talk. And then like 10 minutes of silence, but like they had a good balance and stuff. And, but it turns out they don't really have any, <laughs> any performance history, which I was like, Oh, that's interesting. But it turns out we were talking before we recorded about, um, you were reading a book on how to operate within your, what were the three things? Competence, uh, or excellence or genius. Okay. So I was operating in my genius. Yeah. Because the format was let Todd talk uninterrupted about whatever he wants to mostly about himself for an hour and 45 minutes because they are not, they're not quite good enough interview. I was their first ever guest or whatever. And they're there's, they were in their late twenties and they don't know how to get somebody to stop talking. 
But it turns out I thur- I, I, I flourish in that environment. But it was really fun. The episode came out last week. Um, it's a podcast called You Shouldn't Be Here. So if you wanted to hear tedious details about um, my journey to be YouTube stardom. But I also realized I'm like, oh, like a good fifth of this is I know Mark. And this is why it makes me cool because we do this together. And then like. I know Brian the Unipiper and we do this and this is good, this is good together. So it was interesting to be like, what do it? It's weird to be interviewed for something like yeah. that's never happened. They, they researched me and I was like, <laughs> that's really weird. And right? So it was an, an, an interesting experience that I kind of hope everybody gets at some point just nice. to be invited somewhere to unashamedly just talk about themselves which is i guess what therapy is and maybe that's why i enjoyed it so much so so my therapist never laughed as much because he knew he shouldn't even though he wanted to i did get him with the self-loathing narcissist he did laugh at that one classic uh should we should we start a a open and live therapy uh podcast oh maybe yeah, maybe that would be good that's what this that what this talk radio was really uh, totally totally that's <laughs> dr laura <laughs> uh, go on take take on the day i'm my kid's mom well why don't you start us off here with our new segment <laughs> mail delivery slowdown yes yes uh so we <laughs> as lead into this uh nick gets paid once a quarter uh, from one of his uh, biggest client, and they sent the mail to our old address, which gets forwarded to this one, and it just never arrived. Uh, and so they had to reissue the check, and and it, it took forever. And um, that was four months ago. It arrived yesterday. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It arrived. Well, yesterday. I ordered some, um, the stickers. I gave you a, a yeah, Dr. Yeah. RIP sticker. Um, and when I, I originally ordered, a, you know, a little sampling, everything, some shirts and mugs and some stickers and the stickers just never came. And then I went and checked and then they're just like in Portland or whatever. And like, I've just been there for the a week and a half. Long Beach. Probably. Yeah, totally. And so, but I, I contacted, I was, it was kind of nice because then I was able to see, well, is this Teespring place that I'm using for that merch stuff? How do they handle stuff like this? Right. And so I just said, look, the stickers never came. And so they got it another batch out right away. No questions asked. Nice. And the, they finally came, but it didn't even occur to me that maybe they are stuck on a boat They're somewhere. Stuck on a boat somewhere. So the USPS is slowing down deliveries starting October 1st. What? Yeah. Oh, too late. Uh, as a part of Postmaster General Lewis DeJoy, uh, blueprint for overhauling the U.S. Postal Service in order to slash costs. Almost four of ten pieces of first-class mail will see slower delivery. That means mail delivery will be slower than in the 1970s, he said, calling DeJoy's plan disastrous and by he we don't know exactly who we, we're we mean about. the guy i cut out the of the article that we cut out of the article uh starting october 1st the post postal services current three-day delivery standard for first class mail will drop to delivery anywhere within the united states within five days people in rural areas the disabled and the elderly will feel the effects of the new mail delivery standards it's the least fortunate who will be hurt hardest by this, you know. Take that libs. <clears throat> yeah. So all of the all of the uh like VA prescriptions and stuff go through USPS and uh yeah. Among the regions who will be greatest impacted are <laughs> western states like California, Nevada, 
as well as Florida. As well as Florida. That's terrible. Get rid of Louis DeJoy. Yes. Um, Why is he still there? Uh, I don't know. Uh, why don't you take this next one too and then I'll read the next couple Eight. <clears throat> Highway 84 closed in Portland for a weekend in October as new Blumenauer Bridge goes up <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> so I had this typed this typed out the headline is like in 50 point font or whatever except for Blumenauer Bridge which is just 12 so it, it looks like when you just uh, like uh, go in and plug in the words afterwards it's, opened October is no Blumenauer Bridge goes up <laughs> Uh, the placement project will begin at 10 p.m. on Friday, October 8th. So th- expect the interstate to reopen at 5 a.m. Monday, October 11th, ahead of the morning commute. Once completed, the bridge will connect pedestrians and people biking on Northwest 7th Avenue between the Lloyd neighborhood and the Central East Side. So all the 84 eastbound lanes will be closed. Uh and so that's 84 to I-5, on-ramp to North Grand, and on-ramp to uh, Northeast 16th. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's going to close. And they've been staging that bridge for quite a while now. It's it's So the, the bridge is, yeah, if you're taking I-5 north or south, I guess, and then turn east onto 84, it's kind of right, right there. Right there. And it looks like the bridge is neat because it kind of mirrors the... Um, Kind of our two other. Well, I haven't seen the Ned Flanders one. I only heard about it on the Mark and Todd cast. (laughs) So I haven't seen that one yet, but the design is kind of neat for for these bridges. So it's going to be cool. All right. Well, the Portland Expo Center could serve as the city's first sanctioned homeless camp for RVs and cars. The 53 acre campus near the Columbia River and Interstate 5 is owned by the Metro Regional Government and was not among one of the dozens of locations announced over the summer as potential sites for six new innovative new outdoor villages. But conversations between the city and Metro have intensified as the homeless Portland's homeless shelter project falls behind schedule. Well, that's good to know. One of Oregon's largest spaces, the Expo Center, which has struggled, uh, has been shuttered since the beginning of the coronavirus and has been slow to regain business. It's scheduled to host a quilting convention and a home and garden show in the next couple of weeks. But overall, events are down nearly two-thirds in the second half of this year compared to the same period in 2019. So locations for the Portland's six new homeless villages, most of which would house people in tiny homes or pods, not vehicles, were slated to be announced by summer's end, which is Wednesday, was Wednesday, which was Wednesday, but officials said last week that just three will be named by the end of the month. Right, and they named those, uh, and so those those three new camps have been announced. There's going to be one okay. coming up, uh, Menlo Park, which is uh, 122nd and Burnside area. Okay, uh, I think, and there's two others. All right. Well, that'll be interesting. Each outdoor villages will, uh, village will include individual sheltered sleeping areas, showers, bathrooms, laundry service, mental health care, and case managers who will help residents transition to permanent apartments. So, I'm hoping that works very well. We will we will see. Um, this is part of a very long story that I cut down, but just kind of the ba- the broad strokes is after 25 years in the dark, the CDC wants to study the true troll, the true toll of guns in America. Uh, for decades, the impact of non-fatal firearm injuries in the U.S. has been understudied, undercovered by the media, and often underlooked. Um, political pressures from the gun lobby, regulations, and 
quote, disordered and highly segmented collection systems, um, blah, blah, blah. So uh, the point being is that it's been almost impossible to study the effects of, of gun violence in America, especially since they usually only count homicides. The NRA has been behind most of it, making it impossible to track gun sales. They still use paper and there's no uh, centralized computer system to do background checks and stuff like that. They just send them in quote for a background check, all a lot of stuff like that. Um, but they are looking to, to start to study those and answer questions like, um, how often is someone injured? What kinds of weapons are used? What are the underlying causes? What's the relationship between the shooter and victim? What evidence-based scalable programs work best to help prevent shootings and suicides? Uh, because they're all questions of public health, criminal justice, policing, and academia. So I'm hoping that we can at least be allowed to study one of the big problems in this country so we can make some wise decisions about it before someone either way just comes in and makes uh, crazy extremist calls for action because that's what inaction leads to. Yes, so. yes, indeed. Well, there's a trio of these Amazon... Um, uh, stories so why don't you why don't you have alexa read them out loud to us <laughs> uh so amazon announced a home robot called astro and i watched the ad for this um so astro it uh, i can read the article or uh, let's just yeah, talk about it. Tell me. so it it rolls around and it has a cup holder and a screen and a camera on a pole that goes <laughs> up and down okay okay and I have no idea what the benefit of this thing would be. Uh, the sole thing that they, they try and pitch is like, it can roam around your house and look for intruders. Right. Okay. Or an alarm system. Right. That, like would actually cover your whole house. Right. Uh, and uh, the whole ad is like, Astro, follow me. Right, and then they walk into the next room, and it follows them. to get a uh, to get a beer out of the fridge to then place in Astro, and Take, then go sit down and have right. Astro bring you the beer. Take this to Jennifer, right? And you put the thing in, and it takes it to Jennifer two rooms away. You're like, that's what I'm gonna. Spend and then you look over. Astro has on? the gun in the closet. Totally, <laughs> it's like, like it's like that one movie we watched. Uh, I forget what it was called, but with the robot, the robot arm in the ceiling. <laughs> I love that movie. That movie is so good. Uh, and and so it can go into the kitchen. So the other pitch was this this nice couple at the baseball game, and one is looking at the other and shows them the video of Astro's camera going to the stove and looking at the stove and saying, "See, I told you I turned it off." And that was that was the pitch. Wow! Right, and I'm like, I there there were robots in the '80s that did as much. What right? was that one got? Not Robbie the robot. That's something uh, else. It was something two thousand. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, basically he was like two drink holders on wheels yeah. and like with an with an oval ET shaped head or whatever. Uh, well, yeah. it's only $999.99. Awesome. And, so. th and I sent you the link at uh, during one of the evenings of the similarly weird uh, idea of the Amazon 
flying camera throughout the house. Yes. And so it's got a base and it's a little, you know, quadricopter with a camera on it that will fly from room to room and do the same thing as Astro. Except it less functional. It won't bring you a beer. And your dog will just tear it out of the air and chew it apart. Tilly, the cat just swats at it. And now you're down another thousand bucks. We uh, need to do like uh, personal home robot insurance for when that happens. Yes. Although we'd be paying out a lot because I'm assuming that'll just happen to them all. The premiums will be. <laughs> we'll, well, we'll make um, up for it in premiums. So at the very bottom of that story is another little quick um, oh, so uh, sorry, that was supposed to be September 28th, oh, and I cut off the S. It just says like episode, episode 28 okay. from Reuters, uh, September 28th uh, from Reuters. Amazon.com uh, on Tuesday launched a slew of new devices and announced a partnership with Walt Disney Company that includes new products aimed at kids. Among the latest lineup were smart thermostat, Echo Show 15, which is a wall. Cl- screen and a flying indoor security camera by ring and glow a device that allows kids to make video calls oh indoor security camera by ring oh and and glow Glow, a device that allows kids to make video calls yeah so they want i i cut down that story a little bit but it's like you have your kids will be able to call disney princesses and it's like so welcome to a future near you but Amazon is lobbying the federal government to legalize weed because they want to sell it. Uh, well, and and if you read that. If no, you, I haven't read it. Okay. Uh, Amazon. <laughs> let's, all, let's all listen to you read it together for the first time. <laughs> on Tuesdays, lobbying the federal government to pass a bill that would deschedule and tax weed, <clears throat> making it federally legal in states that have already legalized cannabis. The move comes after several policy several policy changes at Amazon designed to help the behemoth hire workers who use cannabis. Nice. Yeah, they realized how uh, difficult it was for them to get any anyone um, uh, applying for their job with a, uh, a pre uh, with a uh, with a drug screening that that tested for marijuana. So one of the interviews I watched with Jeff Bezos, whose voice seems to be extra weird recently he's he's i don't know if i ever heard i mean i must have heard him talk but uh, i will we'll play you out on this clip from from jeff bezos okay uh he wants to move manufacturing to space so he's like blue origin what we're opening the door to is to move all manufacturing to space so we all become belters and we go uh, which is a reference to another tv show um where they'll move the working class off the planet to off the into planet lower orbit so that you know the billionaires can have the nice pristine earth wow so. that is not great <laughs> so look forward to that at least your kids will get to call Disney princesses. So yeah, basically they couldn't <laughs> from space. From space, basically they couldn't hire anyone because, um, especially in states where marijuana is legal, people tend to use legal marijuana, and marijuana, I believe, stays in your system for like thirty or forty-five days or something like that. So even the most recreational of um, marijuana user would have traces in it. So the use of the the number of job applications for some position has risen by 400 percent 
So after they announced that they wouldn't be testing. Wow. So anyway, many industries that ban employees from using cannabis have found it increasingly hard to hire. Famously, the FBI said it could not find enough hackers to hire because so many used weed. <laughs> Zing. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of, I know we weren't really speaking of any of this, but we need to hire Nate for our for our segues into different stories. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. Uh, deadline for phone companies to block robocalls is finally here, which is a story I feel like I've read every month on the Mark and Todd cast for the next last six years. So they've been illegal since 2009, but the U.S. law can't enforce overseas, which is where a lot of the calls originate. The technology framework called Stir Slash Shaken no. works like this. When someone is making a call, their carrier verifies the number. As the call travels to its destination, any intermediate carriers along the way also verify the number. Finally, the phone company of the person on the receiving end also calls, uh, also signs off, allowing the call to go through. Uh, quote, next Tuesday, when the FCC will start to actually be shutting down calls from companies that don't have compliant technology, um, so their calls to other networks may be blocked if their technology uh, to block these robocalls is not up to date. So... Boy, I hope so. I don't know what I filled out or what. I did something like it wasn't a free trial. It wasn't something like that, but it was maybe it was even ordering off. It, I shouldn't say this. Ordering my own merch probably put me on this list because like all of a sudden I'm getting a ton of um, a ton of unsolicited texts, which I usually I've, don't get. I've uh, the last two days I've got two texts. Uh, OK. And, and that's totally new to me as well okay so Never maybe it wasn't that that's yeah that stinks uh in shocking news mark you might want to sit down <gasps> arizona's gop's private recount of the 2020 election confirmed biden's win i i think that actually more <laughs> votes were found for biden i believe the they were in a story you probably aren't hearing on Tucker Carlson. Um, the findings were, quote, the auditor's final hand count, which quadruple checked every single one of the 2.1 mail, uh, million ballots matches Maricopa County official machine count, said Arizona Senate President Karen Fan, uh, who wrote that in a letter to the attorney general. Uh, it's worth noting that a draft uh, report obtained by the Washington Post and published earlier on Thursday actually gave Biden a slight edge over the official results. So yeah, they found a trivial, a trivial amount um, more in Oops. favor of Biden. So, so um, but you did hear that Trump from the stage uh, uh, from his speech said that the results of that count found that he won. <laughs> and he kept a straight face. <laughs> Well, because he it's knows amazing. that's what they're the only part they're going to play on Fox News right. is that part. So anyway, anyway, well, this story has, has been um, kind of talked about by by a lot now since it's kind of a week old, but it's just worth it's worth sharing because I love it so much. So for eighty four thousand dollars, an artist painted two blank canvases titled "Take the Money and Run." The money was supposed to be used to create modern art, and returned. Uh, the museum received two empty can uh, canvases. The artist. Jan Hanning says the blank canvases make up a new work of art titled Take the Money and Run that he calls a commentary on poor wages. Um, quote, it is a breach of contract and breach of contract is part of the work, he said. That's the work is that I have taken their money. That's 
Amazing. Isn't it genius? Uh, yes. The Kunsten Museum of Modern Art uh, isn't satisfied with that explanation, but it hasn't stopped it from displaying the two canvases as part of its ex- exhibition called Work It Out, which explores people's relationship with work. Um, Hanning signed the contract with the museum, promising to deliver the artwork and return the $84,000. The artist now faces a deadline to give the museum back its money by January 16 when the exhibition closes. Um, they're t- in talks about it, but I mean, the luckiest thing that ever happened to the Kunsten Museum of Modern Art in Aalborg <laughs> is this guy's story because no one had ever heard of them before. And now, but I mean, that's so, that's so genius. That's like doing the copyright claim against the silent music. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, that's like turning the system against itself. Yes, which is just beautiful. Yeah. I'll show you a copyright claim. Yeah. I oh. own silence. That's great. Um, yes, there's a quote. Artists, artists are meant to disturb the peace, which leads me into the fact that I, this week, October 8th, which I believe is Friday, I'm going to have to spring for the trial version of Paramount Plus, which is the only place Madonna's new uh, Mad documentary, Max. Madame X, uh, uh, of her theater show will be premiering. Um, and outside of the U.S. where they don't have Paramount, it'll be like under MTV. But there aren't any plans to that I've seen to release a physical like Blu-ray or anything, which to me... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. <laughs> to me, it's weird because her audience, like Little Nas X, that makes sense. Because like Little right. Nas X fans are not buying DVDs. But like us old people, us old queens need our DVD to make our collection complete, Mark. No, so News flash, nobody's buying DVDs. Right. I know. Well, I, me and Colin, because Colin likes to go to Target to find him. And, and we'd gone to Fred Meyer before. And Again, now even, nobody. I know, even Fred Meyer is down now because they used to have like the whole wall and all of everything and all the CDs and all the movies. And now there's like one section and it's mostly just like Disney and Marvel movies. <laughs> the third shelf. Yeah. And, um, it, it just makes me sad is all. Oh. What are we going to watch when the internet goes out? We can't stream things <laughs> nope. when there's no internet. That's how they get us. Yep. So Dave, Here we are. Dave Baylor of Not Nerd. When I was complaining to this about he, he, he made the mistake of texting me like a Madonna meme that I then turned into like a forty-five minute conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember what I was going to say about that, but anyway. Oh, he was like, "We'll just rip it onto a you know a physical DVD, which I'll probably I'll right. probably do." But I'm like, "But then there's no packaging and artwork, and I can't read no the liner features. notes. There's no special features. Uh, it's a very tragic. Well, we'll end our water our water squeen water squeen. End the squid game. I'm going to take him take a moment here. What can I play? Vulnerable. Oh, I, I do have vulnerable. Where is it? I need to vulnerable, <laughs> vulnerable, vulnerable, there vulnerable. Uh, okay. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. I don't under, so there must be thing. And no, no offense to <clears throat> parents. <laughs> no, I, uh, I am not a parent. You are not a parent. We are the last people that should be speaking about the, but I do, all the but, time. <laughs> but we will take this opportunity <laughs> to do Nick. nothing. <laughs> How how critical I am of everyone else's parenting, <laughs> but I think there's something happened, and I've seen it happen to reasonable people, reasonable people, 
I think there is something that happens clearly when you have a child that you obviously you see the world completely differently. And I totally understand. I mean, the, the little work that I've done, maybe not a little work with, with children, but I've, you, you get that feeling like, Oh my God, there are real threats and there, you know, yeah. it's not just all fun and games like I thought or whatever, but I, there's some switch that goes off that there's no such thing as like imagined threats anymore. Everything is, I mean, from, things that aren't really like stranger danger, which can be dangerous. Like there is a legitimacy to that, but these stories of people losing their minds over Halloween, over Halloween candy. It's It's still time happening. We, so in the seventies, when I was alive, we would, Go through, so go trick or treating, come home, lay it all out on the carpet, and my look for giant hypodermic needles. My dad, my mom, well, they put them under the flap, they put them under the flap. It's under the nougat, check the nougat. (laughs) And we would go through each piece and and make sure there were no needles in the under the flap, razor blades, and apples. So stupid. So never has that ever happened. But uh, the Bensalem police want you to be alert during Halloween. And this is a story that kind of went viral and I find it in a bunch of different places. So according to Fred Harrison, the police director of public safety for Bensalem, quote, unfortunately, there's a lot of sick and evil people out there. And that's the world we live in. Officers have reported conducting traffic stop early in September and confiscated what looked like normal candy. Mark, do you think that was normal candy? It couldn't have been. It couldn't have been. However, Halloween's coming up. The items looked like Sour Patch candies, Cheetos, and Sweethearts, and they all contained THC. Quote, who knows where these things could have wound up? Not in the guy's body who just paid like $70 for edibles. I guarantee there is not a stoner that's going to allow their expensive edibles to go anywhere other than in their own body. But Mark, quote, people think they're funny and they're going to put them in Halloween bags and not realize you could have a child now that could have a reaction to it. A reaction to THC? I'm like, oh, they're... They're unusually, they're going to bed early tonight. That's weird. They want extra candy? (laughs) Well, parent Tony Harper of Parkwood said she had a hard time differentiating between the fake ones and the real things. She said, it's horrifying to think that you have all these little children running around and a lot of them don't even check their candy before they get home. So that's awful. That's so stupid. But that reminded me of one of the greatest things which I am going to play the whole thing. <laughs> See kids back in the, the mid aughts, we at least deviated from made up stories about Halloween candy to made up stories about making drugs out of human feces. <laughs> I don't think I've ever Here seen is a shocking heads up for parents about teen drug use. One Florida Sheriff's Department warns there's a new way for your kids to get high. And as Fox City's Jack Miller reports, they're using raw sewage. The Washington Post, this the guy's Drudge voice. Report, and Inside Edition are all talking about Jenkum. It could be uh, toxic and, and harming. The bulletin describes Jenkum as gas produced by raw sewage that's allowed to ferment. Pictures show young people who appear to be breathing in Jenkum. When we mentioned this new concoction to people on the street here in Jacksonville, not only had they never heard of it before, but they said they didn't want to get anywhere near it. It sounds horrible. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine doing something like that. Honestly, they need to find something better to do with their life. <laughs> Seriously. I love how they just now. interview people on the street about it. Up. Sounds pretty sick to me. This does have quite the payoff, though, so that's why I'm plowing through this. So clearly this was uh, a hoax perpetrated by people who are hilarious because they also included pictures of, like, two-liter soda bottles with balloons on top supposedly catching this gas. But it all culminates in this final, this final little piece here. So let me... Hazard. We weren't able to confirm tonight if Jankum is a problem for law enforcement in our area. Cops are calling it Jankum or the human waste drug, but parents need to be aware that kids are calling it by the more popular slang term, butt hash. <laughs> I need to play that again. Okay, hold on. Oh no. Oh, I've clicked out of window. Oh, everything has gone wrong now, and I gotta open it up again. <clears throat> so after, oh, we've already been shocked by that. Okay. We weren't able to confirm tonight if Jankum is a problem for law enforcement in our. Oh, come on! What is going on? <laughs> this Jankum story just is not coming together like I wanted. Aren't able to confirm tonight if Jankum is a problem for law enforcement in our area. Cops are calling it Jankum or the human waste drug, but parents need to be aware that kids are calling it by the more popular slang term, butt hash. <laughs> butt hash. He sounds more like a South Park character than a South Isn't Park character. Isn't it amazing? His his. <laughs> His, his accent and his voice are amazing. Even the lady at the beginning, this is from uh, Fox 30 News and wherever town this is, but even the, the lady announcer. It's about teen drug use. One Florida Sheriff's Department warns... I mean, it's just One, one Florida so Sheriff's Department. The kids are calling the it by the more popular slang term, but hash. But hash. Okay, but hash <laughs> is bad. <laughs> oh, our kids... <laughs> No butt hash this year. We, we uh, had a big, big butt hash problem last that, year. <laughs> and this might be the one. This might be the one impersonation I can do. <laughs> I heard y'all pooping in a box and <laughs> catching it with the balloon. the gas and the, and the two liter bottles and. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, that's bad. <laughs> I was so delighted to be reminded <laughs> of the butt hash story. Oh my gosh. Well, let's transition from butt hash <laughs> butt to hash. Uranus. <laughs> oh, we did that already. Zoom. But we have been in space for the past couple of weeks, which is odd. We talked um, uh, a, a, a couple of different things about our solar system, and this came up, and it's been on my list to talk about for quite a while, and then last week kind of locked into place because I was listening to. Uh, there's an, uh, a podcast called Unspooled, and it's with Paul Shear, comedian Paul Shear, and a film cr uh, film critic um, whose name I'm blanking on. Um, but they, the first season, they went through the the um, American Film Institute top 100 films, and they reviewed them all, and kind of did a does this deserve to be on the list? They cut off 50 of the movies so that they can kind of update and curate their own list. So they've been kind of going through that. And they they had a little section this past summer. Amy Nicholson, that's the other host name. This past summer, they 
had uh, like a, a three week thing on um, movies about space. And so they watched um, uh, Contact and they watched 2001, like those types of things. Okay. And they ha- on their last show, they were wrapping up season two and kind of going through stuff. And they had a guest named Michelle Fowler. And I really recommend people to go listen to this because I'm, I'm taking mostly from this, but to hear... Um, she works for NASA. She is uh, an astronaut. She is uh, pro- also a program support specialist at the NASA Office of the Inspector General, Assistant Director of Communications. So, a, a big muckety muck at NASA. And to listen to her just talk so wonderfully and lovingly and passionately about space, because the the thing they're trying to figure out, they're trying to whittle down the 100 list and then send that into space. You know, the whole thing of like this is what we've chosen as a you know a human race, and so. It's interesting, which in this part we won't get into too much, but it's interesting to think of what do we want to send to space? Do we want to send what we consider the best or do we want the most representative or do we want like what what the most popular, the most things that, you know, what is it that we would want these aliens to know about us as a human race? And Something that I, the thing I had on my list to talk about were the golden records that they put on the Voyager mission to send out into space just in case it happened, happened across anything. There is some sort of communication with it. And I'd never really known what were on the records, what, how they decided that. So I want to go a little bit into that, um, but also a little bit into like just the logistics of what we do when we send things into space. Um, if, if, if you've seen the movie contact. Yes. Okay. So I recently rewatched, I hadn't seen it since, uh, I haven't seen it. Forever. It came up. Yeah. So yeah, it opens up with a mod, like the credit, the opening credit montage is, is maybe five minutes or so. And it starts on earth, like on a radio tower and pulls back and just keeps pulling back until you like, you're in deep space. So, you know, you're passing, things are passing you by and it starts off, like I said, on earth and you hear, Hitler's voice and you're like oh, okay and you're hearing like clearly a radio signal and as they back away the signal changes and all right it, it goes the opposite way we start with the modern thing modern stuff, and then the as, further as you, you go back away. Yeah. until Hitler's voice because we have been broadcasting since radio and television and those right. signals are just omnidirectional being sent out into space and may or may not be picked up with some uh, by someone um, at at the very least, not that they would be able to figure out what it was, but they would see it as an interference of the background radiation or the noise. There would be a pattern that they would recognize. And so all of that stuff. And one of the first things to go out was uh, Hitler at the 1932 Olympics, I think it was, or whatever Olympics that he was making the opening right. ceremony speech or whatever. And that literally the first thing wow. any extraterrestrial life is going to be hear Perfect. or see because it was the television broadcast um is, is hitler being like and welcome to the olympics except for you jesse owens <laughs> or whatever he said so um so the idea of of sending things into space we've just kind of inherently been doing although that it's also going through changes now that we're doing fiber optics and communicating through like direct tv satellites and stuff like that we're we've pointed those signals back at us instead of like just throwing them out everywhere. So the amount of signal that we're just kind of throwing off is getting less and less as our technology shifts to, to more internet based things. Um, But how, like, what do you send into space? Like what you have to deal with 
extremely high temperatures, extremely low temperatures. You have to figure out like if I'm sending this on like an iOmega zip drive in 1999, you know, what are they going to play it on? What are these things? And so in 1970, the Voyager space mission on the outside, which I didn't realize it's like just affixed to the yeah. outside of the glued satellite, yeah. <laughs> hot glued on there by five minute crafts or whatever <laughs> is just a record. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff on that record that uh, we'll get to in a second, but they decided on a record because it is an analog way to recreate something. It didn't rely on magnetic. And this is also in the seventies. So they didn't have a lot of choices, but like something like magnetic tape, will just get screwed up in any sort of atmosphere temperature fluctuation, let alone from radiation and magnetization, because that will just reorder all that. Um, The record, so they pressed a record and they coated it in gold because gold clearly does clearly does well in space and it doesn't degrade and it's a a nice and durable. Um, We do have um, a microchip with some names on it. And I don't think that was on the Voyager, um, but Oh, and, and oh, just as an aside, the James Webb telescope, which is going to be seven times the size of Hubble. I feel like we've talked about James Webb yeah, telescope on here before, um, but that is also coated in it's seven times larger than Hubble and is coated in gold as well with just enough gold to make a golf ball. So like it's that thin that they spread that out for things like uh, radiation and stuff like that. Um, and with that telescope, this is beside the point, but she got excited to listen to it. So the, the season two finale of unspooled, if you fast forward all the way, except uh, like from a half hour from the end and she talks at the end. So I highly recommend going to, to listen to her, but she was talking about like with that telescope, we're going to be able to like look at Venus and we know the surface of Venus is not inhabitable, but like earth has bacterium and stuff like that, like in super high orbit and super high um, atmosphere. I mean, and we've gotten some signals from the Venus that like, it looks like it could be chlorophyll or it looks like something that on earth is only produced from something that has been quote unquote alive, organic organic or something like that. And so like we could discover the next five years that there's something living in the upper atmosphere and like, learning that oh it doesn't have to be exactly like a human being life it could be like anything working in ways that like don't work here and like all of that stuff we're going to be able to see which is really exciting um so yeah we've been uh she also noted that in media depiction of scientists you usually see the big bang theory sheldon who is like that that show i've which i always heard as um like a geek minstrel show (laughs) Which I kind of agree with, but she said that Jodie Foster's depiction in contact was like just a super great grounded, exactly what those types of people are, that they're just studious. And and there's also a moment like if so in contact, they make contact, obviously they they receive these plans that they decode and they have to build this big complicated machine where you sit in this little ball. The ball is dropped in free fall through like these big rings that are turning and then it doesn't look like you went anywhere, but Jodie Foster experienced like 20 hours or whatever. And, and the scientists uh, said that there's even like this super obscure thing in quantum physics or, or whatever that 
in order for a lot of these things to work, you have to be in free fall because that somehow affects the plane of the universe that you only get during free fall. So she was like, huh. it was pretty cool. I mean, Carl Sagan, I believe, is the one who yeah. wrote Contact. So, of course, he would know right. know something like that. But um, But again, kind of going back to broadcasting, the reason that that's not a super great way to do everything is because that degrades over time. The signal does and it widens out and becomes unreadable. And you would also have to think like, well, you would have to aim our broadcast somewhere. And even though we can now broadcast over like something using a laser, which is super focused and would get way further, that completely shuts down the quote unquote broadcast. Like you would have to know exactly where you're aiming that because it's not going to just happen upon, uh, happen upon things. Um, so satellites and cable, blah, blah, blah. So kind of going into what do we pick to go into space? Like what do we put on there? So, um, and July, let's see, updated. Where did it go? So now the Voyager is of course, way past twice as far as Pluto and like well into interstellar space. And is just, they don't expect anyone to ever see it because it's, super tiny in an ocean of infinity. Um, But as she said, there is, it's a non-zero chance that somebody can pick up something or, or see something or, um, so the, the record itself has, um, let me go back to the other screen here. What is on the record? Before we go there. Yeah. yeah. So there's two Voyagers, right? Yeah. Voyager one and Voyager two. Are they kind of going in the same direction? That I'm not sure about. Okay. Um, that was, my and they didn't make a lot of distinctions, but I think this, I think the record might be on Voyager two and there's an audio. You might get into this. There's an audio record, but there's also images emblazoned on the plate. Yeah. Which Is I'm going to get to. Okay, cause, okay, I a, okay. yeah, cause I have a, cause I have a question about that for you. Okay. Um, so it's mostly a time capsule, but, uh, what is on the record? So, the contents of the record were selected by NASA by a committee chaired by Carl Sagan and his associates. And so there's a hundred and fifteen images and a variety of natural sounds, such as surf, wind, thunder, birds, whales, and other animals. And they added musical selections from different cultures and eras and spoken greetings from Earth people in fifty-five languages. A printed messages for, uh, from President Carter and the U.S. Uh, the UN Secretary. So each record is encased in a protective aluminum jacket, uh, along with a cartridge and needle. Instructions in a symbolic language explain the origin of the spacecraft and indicate how to be how the record is played. Now, one of the um, the so I couldn't figure out, and I should oh I think I put that Voyager link in there to the um, to the to the place where I just stopped talking <laughs> to the uh, jet propulsion laboratory okay. link um, that kind of goes through it. But they, impl- they didn't go into how they did this. They just said they assembled 115 images on this record. And there were the, the images are encoded in analog form. And so I was trying to figure out how, how you make, <laughs> An image into oh here's one of the hello from the children of planet earth <laughs> so i don't yeah. know if that would be horrifying to, to stumble <laughs> on or um 
So the collection of images includes photographs and diagrams in both black and white and color. The first images are in scientific interest um, and they show a bunch of other things, but, um, and the pictures are weird. So you can go a couple places. Um, if you just type in Voyager golden records, you'll, you'll find a ton of images. And some of them are just like real life pictures, like someone at the Olympics and like, here's an Island. And then here's illustration of like an egg being fertilized and DNA sequences and, a mom with a baby and like the color light spectrum. And so somehow these are all, um, analogly recorded in a way that you are able to reconstruct it. If you're following the instructions and, and under kind of understand a working knowledge and like the way that, that they, um, they know to play the record is based on like the speed of atoms, assuming that they're going to know that. And it's like 16 and a half revolutions per minute. Um, so it's all very crazy. So uh, they projected images onto a screen, <clears throat> recorded them with a television camera and turned those video signals into audio waveforms. Uh, the images could be properly pressed onto records. The reversal of that process, turning the image data back into images <laughs> is up to them. <laughs> so, so yeah how do you how do you turn that into an audio signal or a, a and not just a yeah. video signal yeah, yeah. and i guess i because i do have there was that um line of what they called uh, capacitance electronic discs that came out kind of the same time right. as laser discs that are on vinyl but that takes up so much space for images and that's what i couldn't figure out is on a record with 115 other things right it's incredibly low resolution for for starters sure. uh, and so the <clears throat> i've seen some of the the pictures and they're super grainy super simple uh you know they're they're photos not illustrations but they're super low fidelity right and the instructions are are clearly not meant for every man as you will but could be scientifically deduced given enough brain power right right and so uh, i think the the hope is you know if you're lobbing something over a fence and you have no idea what's on the other side of the fence you want to start at a the most fundamental commonality and build up from there and the only commonality are elements on the periodic table right. uh, which will be true on our planet or any other place in the universe right and so if we can take a time signature from an atom then we have co a common language to speak and then you know build in layers over that so it's it's taking an and the instructions on the plate show how to decode the pictures as well and so it's using very much like a, a an old style television uh, with a crt that says uh there's you know, uh, an old crt reads like a piece of paper left to right top to bottom mm -hmm. and and so a if if it's just giving each, different values to yeah different if each areas. point on that that peak and valley signal was a zero to ten or a plus ten to minus ten uh you could 
assign numbers and darkness uh, versus lightness to individual pixels as it you know strafes across the the screen you would start to build an image and once you've got those images then you can start to deduce and mm -hmm. and, and deconstruct that so super complex and i uh, i've seen examples of um people doing a um showing this to the common man and saying what what is this yeah and like no idea this is, this is dumb yeah you know and and that's the biggest fear is that this falls on deaf ears uh you know maybe it does get found by by some local some local in in deep space uh and and they look at it and go this is stupid yeah <laughs> this is stupid <laughs> Uh, but I, I was looking right before the show. I, I don't know why they don't sell like a game puzzle version of it. Like you give someone the golden record box or whatever with its stylus and be like, figure it out. Like that's the puzzle. Like the puzzle is the golden record. Can you do it? But they don't, they don't do that, which is surprising to me. But they have had people that have been able to decode the pictures and, and re- and redo them so it is, it is a possibility but just fascinating that and like some of these pictures like some of it makes sense like there's pictures of earth and like the outlines of humans and some of our animals and like some of them are posed pictures of like a road with traffic and stuff like that but then other ones seem like th this one is Wrong. like oh, Wrong. <laughs> sorry Wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> put that on the <laughs> golden record <laughs> I mean, that one looks like a 70s, like, film student <laughs> creation. Like, there's a, oh. in the bottom corner, there's a woman licking an ice cream cone next to a man, like, eating a grilled cheese sandwich. And then, like, oddly off to the side and up is a man that's holding, like, this gigantic jug of water that he's holding, like, 12 inches from his mouth and, like, pouring. There's, like, what are you supposed to extrapolate? <laughs> from that picture like that we're all and it's Crazy. like it's oddly framed and like it's just the craziest picture to use in something like that but they went through and um so those as far as some images those are some images that they've used um looking into some of the music they did things like Bach, of course, but then they also used like Pygmy Girls initiation song from Zaire, uh, Australia Aborigine songs, songs from Mexico and New Guinea and Japan, um, Peru, uh, some Louis Armstrong, Azerbaijan, Bulgaria. So they, they have a pretty interesting and wide selection of different music from around the world and all of those different, um, different people from different languages saying welcome to to earth or whatever welcome greetings from earth uh the sound there's a bunch of sounds like volcanoes mud pots a wild dog a tame dog a tractor and a riveter can you click on these will it tell me what they oh then i have to download it i'm not going to do that a horse and cart an f f111 flyby which would be an interesting thing to just put on those space headphones and listen to a flyby um, and then there are, let's see, sounds and the different greetings. So in 55 different languages, 
uh, people are welcoming you to to Earth. So it's amazing the amount of information that they were able. I believe there are two two discs, so there are two 12 inch records, the standard size. Um, that they sent out there, but the amount of information that they were able to get on these, well, and the Voyager's computer system could only hold 69 kilobytes of information, which of course was not enough for 115 pictures, let alone sounds and stuff like that. So that's why they put the images themselves on the LPs as well. So really interesting, the amount of different types of thinking and different types of of information that we're kind of just shooting out there just in case. But to look through these, I encourage you guys to, to go out and at least just do like a Google search for, for golden record images, just to see the, the different selection because they're really fascinating. So this is the life signs pulsar sound. Interesting. It sounds like that same mic interference we were trying to get rid right. of before before we recorded. Huh. Uh, fire and a speech, footsteps, heartbeat and laughter, chimpanzee. Crickets and frogs. Crickets and frogs. And so the record itself looks really cool too because oh, there's the flyby. Yep. Cause yeah, etched on the outside is like, here's how to play this with all its like little schematics and just a little thing that looks like a star, which I don't, yeah, it's, it's really, really kind of interesting to think through how we would, how we would go through this. Uh, immediately while the drawing is a picture raster showing that there are 512 vertical lines in a complete picture. Um, so all of that stuff noted by binary numbers and the duration of one of the picture lines, which is about eight milliseconds for each picture. So all of that stuff just etched into basically like hieroglyphics. So that is one way we are now uh, sending information, which is kind of great. Uh, another point that the lady from NASA made is like, it's nice that like when talking, especially about movies, what to send into space, like so many movies are of war or like big, obviously dramatic things that we remember, but the things that we send into space are like the hopeful, the music, the nature, the right. wonder, the, right. the basis of our humanity are these things that are positive and those are what we would like to send out. So that's kind of a, a neat way to, to view that. But yeah, it was just something that I've always been kind of curious about as, as what is actually on that and how it worked. And it was, it was kind of a satisfying look. And again, on that uh, podcast called Unspooled, the season two finale, about a half half hour from the end is when um, when this lady, let me go look at her name again so I don't call her, I keep calling her this lady, uh, Michelle Fowler uh, talks talks with them. And it's just, just a delight to hear someone who is still just like so <laughs> excited about the process of like, oh, people are just, you're wanting to send movies into space. So that means you're talking about space and space is the thing that I love and here's this thing. And just, it's just such a joy to hear someone uh, who loves talking about the th <laughs> who loves talking about what they love. So go check out that podcast I was on last week. Where 
where Todd talks about himself. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but I did think so in kind of thinking about like, what do we, what would, if, if you had to choose, like what would go into space to represent, you mm. know, what we are like. And I thought one of the best things would be, so Andy Warhol used to make, um, make this movie like sleep. And it's just like a guy sleeping for like right. 12 hours or whatever, or like, and there was another one. It was probably called street corner. I don't know what it was called, but it was just a camera on a New York street corner looking at a building for like 23 hours. And it's right. like, that's what we need to send. Yeah. It's like, this is just our day to day patterns of life. The difference between inanimate objects and like looking at signals and then moving to get like all of those things you can piece together from just like watching these weird things do stuff. And so I thought that would be a good, a good choice to, to, to throw into space is an Andy Warhol, Andy Warhol That'd and the guy great. who did the blank canvases <laughs> for $82,000. <laughs> um, that's really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. So again, try to try to look up those uh, <clears throat> pictures. If I remember, I'll put a link to to where I'm looking in the show notes. I'm going to use the the crazy picture of the <laughs> ice cream eating and and pouring water down into your face. I'll use that as the as the show image. But worth checking out because it's it's yeah anatomy books, cell division, conception, fertilization, fetuses, birth, seashore, like all of this stuff. We just kind of threw it all in there, which is amazing. So, well, what should we take us out with? Uh, so this is too long, but uh, this is four minutes of the scene from Star Trek, the motion picture where Voyager is received by the aliens. And, um, Oh un- yeah. You were uncovers- telling me about that. And I was at, um, Oh, I just clicked on your link. I, yeah, I, I thought I was clicking on my butt hash link again. And all of a sudden this bald lady showed up. <laughs> I was very concerned. <laughs> oh, Star Wars. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that- cool. Let's do it. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, check out fun employment radio doing shows every day. Uh, that podcast I was on called you shouldn't be here. Um, I believe you can, if you type in, you shouldn't be here podcast. Uh, you can go to a webpage where you can just direct download one episode instead of having to go through the podcast stuff and subscribe or whatever they want you to do. Um, go check out my Dr. RIP merch at T public, uh, search for Dr. RIP VHS and buy something. Won't you, uh, cool new stickers. Cool. I, yes. Yeah, I you, got to, you your... arrived with stickers today and, and, uh, really well made and solid and, and, uh, clever I did, and, fun. and I, I put, uh, cause I was mostly interested, like I said last time about just the quality of the stuff. And so I ran my shirts through their first wash and they looked great. There was no degradation or anything. And so I'm pretty happy with, with Teespring products. So go check that out. All right. Let's Star Trek our way out of this episode. All right. Bye-bye. You want to play it from yours so oh, that yeah, okay. the audio actually, Oh, so that we can actually hear what we're... Right. All right, let me go first. Let me go back. Butt hash. Is there a particular point or just from... I don't... I'm not familiar with this. I'm seeing images of planets, moons, stars, whole galaxies all stored here recorded. It could be a representation of Peter's entire journey. But he's finding out Voyager. it was Voyager all along. NASA. National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Jim. 
This was launched more than 300 years ago. Voyager series. Designed to collect data. And to end clips midstream. Ah, All right. Well. Well. Anyway, yeah, they find uh, they, they find Voyager. Voyager, Voyager. and uh, the oil it was scratched. It was dirty. Yeah. And so it was just V G E R. Yeah. All right. Well. Good times. <laughs> See you next time <laughs> for this quality content. <laughs> this copyright claim. Vulnerable. <laughs> vulnerable. Vulnerable. Vulnerable.